Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Bitter Rivals. This is episode 33, and uh, there is a lot to talk about this week. Oh, we have so much to talk about, Eve. So the date now, today is uh, October 31st, Halloween. Halloween! Eve, don't wear your costume because he's a little bitch. No, I don't do that, (laughs) bud. But uh, anyway. Speaking of buds, talk about your leaves, huh? Yeah, let's. Well, we got a lot of things to get to, and I'm sure most people that are listening know exactly what we're referring to. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start with some some leaves. So let's start with some news. Morgan Riley signed for eight years at 7.5 for a total of 60 million dollars. Uh, based on some of the contracts that defensemen have been getting over this off season and even into the season, there, uh, like Zach Wierenski, Darnell Nurse, who I would say Morgan Riley's probably a step ahead Seth of Jones. <laughs> Seth Jones, who's a lot of steps ahead of. But anyway, I think it's fair value. I really do. A lot of people don't like it. I think it's so, fair value. My my first instinct was it was a little high, and then I kind of remembered all those other contracts. I'm like, you know what? That's actually not terrible. Well, it's I actually guess. a pretty good deal. Yeah. And the way that Leaf he? spent, he's like 29 maybe not a fan of the term oh but this it's morgan wants to be a career life or a career leaf sorry yeah so no no yeah I, then and if you want to sign him then that's what you sign him because on, on the on the market to be 100 percent honest with you he could have got 60 million over six or seven years easy easy so the the term is perfectly fine with me anyway um uh, yeah so, yeah, that was great. Uh, we beat the Blackhawks on Wednesday night. That was a great hockey game. Uh, yeah, overtime winner, William Nylander, beauty. And then uh, also last night, they defeated the Detroit Red Wings. And it was, that they was played, a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game, and they played really, really good. Uh, like, the, the they, one they, thing... they, they looked like they should. The one what? thing I'm going to note from that with you that saying that they played good was I noticed they gave up a lot of goals like within a couple minutes of scoring. Like it felt yeah, like every they, time they scored, Detroit just came. responded well. Yeah. But they never had the lead and we never, no. I don't know. They Their goals seemed a lot like a, a couple of their goals seemed like they were pretty just bad bounces, lucky bounces that went their way yeah. for Detroit. But um, yeah. I think it was a great hockey game. I, I really do. I think Mrazek, even though there were a couple that he probably wants back, he, he made some saves that, you know, he might maybe shouldn't have made. Um, I I liked Lilgren and Sandine looked so good together. I was just like, about to say, does that mean Justin Hole stays in the press box for a little longer? Yeah. Yeah. D- Justin Hole, I don't think is going to, unless somebody gets hurt, I don't think he plays. Because that Lilgren-Sandine pairing looked amazing last night. They looked so good. And then Muzzin looked like he was back on track with TJ Brody. And Dermot and Riley played great, too. The whole the whole back end, they, they, they did look really good. And they also got support from the forwards when it came to defense, which was key and is key to the Leafs' success, is, is team defense. Well, I mean... I- I don't, I don't think that's a Leafs-specific thing. I think that's just a, a recipe for success in this league as a whole. Yeah. And they were not getting that earlier this year at all. Yeah, Mitch Marner like looked like Mitch Marner last night, like he should look. Like one of the best five best players in the world, potentially. And he, he really, I think, changed a lot of people's minds about him so far this year. Last night, because he just looked 
confident and he got a goal. Do you think one think game's enough to helpful. change people's minds or you want to see him maybe sustain that a little longer? We've seen him sustain it. Like, a long, for long, long periods of time. Like, I see he finished fourth in points last year. How's that not sustained? I'm just saying, you know, if it if it's just a... I'm not saying he's not that good. I'm just saying, like, are we gonna are we gonna say he's fine after one one game of of this, or you want to see maybe do it a couple more times? And be like, okay, now now we're good. No, I think Mitch just needed to to find his confidence again, and I don't think once you find it for one game, it just takes off again when you're that talented of a player. So I think just to see him with confidence is all I needed to see, even all if right. it's just one game. Uh, so yeah, uh, fantastic game last night, two game winning streak now, which, uh, I think also has calmed a lot of Toronto media and Toronto fans down, which we always need. Um, is there really such thing as calming fucking Toronto media and fans down though? Yes. Unless they've got a Stanley card. They are generally calm for sure. But, uh, anyway. I, th- I think uh, I think I like I think I like seeing what's going on here. I, I really like the way they're playing right now. I, I they just at the beginning of the year they just look slow. Like they just, just look yeah, like you're, you're out of the look. crisis now, right? Yeah, like I think crisis averted. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Anyway, what's going on in Montreal? Do you guys have a win yet? Uh, we get, we have two, by the way. Two. Um, we actually play in like. 10 15 minutes puck drop is we got the uh, the afternoon game in anaheim uh rough news petrie and gallagher are both game time decisions for tonight um so yeah it's 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 gonna be one of those seasons really eh oh yeah it just yeah i told you man montreal's not making the playoffs i mean it's a different story if we have even without show if we have carrie price we have joel edmondson like that shores up the back end a lot. Um, you know, you lose two thirds of your top line. Like it's just, it's gonna be rough. It's just, you know. Yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah. But I, I called it from the beginning of the season, man. Montreal's not making the playoffs this year. I, I didn't. So I didn't realize, so Joel Edmondson's currently out, uh, personal leave, uh, some family shit. So like, I didn't think that, I didn't know that. I knew he has, he was injured at the beginning. Uh, he was supposed to be back by like the first week of the season. Obviously he's off for personal reasons and you're not going to, you know, push the envelope on that. So, you know, I yeah. thought having him back would be, you know, a big boost. Um, obviously we didn't see Carey Price uh, taking that time off either. So, you know, like. I thought we would be fine. I thought I might have a slow start and then, you know, once you get the boys back, but now we don't know when we're getting the boys back. Yeah, it's uh it's tough, man. Yep. It's tough for everybody. Injuries in this league are crazy. Oh man, like and one injury can put a guy puts a guy out for, you know, a couple months and that can change the entire direction of a team based oh, on yeah. who the guy is. Right? Unless you're Tampa Bay. Ah, you got to make the playoffs before you can cheat in them. Let's <laughs> let's, let's simmer down there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, ah, uh, d- is there anything else Montreal related before we get to the big topic? I mean, actually, do you know what? Let's talk about Buffalo 
and Detroit and how they are currently sitting in playoff positions. So I'm going to first of all say that we slapped the shit out of Detroit, so fuck them <laughs> for one of our two wins in the year. The other one was against San Jose, who we also slapped the shit out of them for the first win in San Jose since 99. Were you even born then? Yeah, I'm a 98. Okay, okay. So you were like you were like one the last time the Canadians won in San Jose before this week. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Detroit and Buffalo. Like, they're actually kind of nasty. Want to know who actually looks so good for Detroit? Who? That Moritz Sider. Oh, the defenseman. okay. He is good. Like, I, really good. So I don't, I'd, like, I'd heard the name and I was familiar with the name and I knew he was kind of like a prospect. I didn't think he was on that level yet. I thought it'd be a couple more seasons before he kind of like, you know, is a prominent player. But like watching the game last night, he was fucking good. Yeah. He looked really, really good last night. Like really, really good last night. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I know who actually looked really good last night too for them was that Joe Villano who got called up because Bertuzzi can't play in Canada. Um, did you hear... I, I'm not a hundred, hundred percent sure, but some like pretty reliable people are tweeting it that he uh, got a ride from Detroit to Toronto with Steve Eiserman. Oh, there was a video of him getting out of Steve Eiserman's like fucking. Okay, okay. I, I, did, it was hilarious. I, did, I did not see that video. That's got to be the most weird and awkward car ride of all time. Yeah, from like Windsor <laughs> area, like Detroit, all the way to Toronto. Yeah, like with his general not, manager. Yeah, like, that's not, like, a short ride, and, like, he, and then not not even that he's your general manager, but he's he's Steve Eiserman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest players in your franchise's history. Yeah, that was wild to see, honestly. I loved it, though. I know, he played good, though. And <laughs> he did. He had a goal. Uh, I think he had an assist, too. Yeah. And he uh, he stood out. He really did stand out. He was a relatively high draft pick, right, Joe Valano? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say a first or second rounder. I think he was a first, but let's uh, let's see. Valano. Joe Valano was drafted 30th overall in 2018 first round. So late first okay. round pick, but he looked good last night. What? <laughs> Want to know who else scored last night? It was Zadina, and I. It yep. was right after I chirped him about that time at the draft that he said he was going to fill everybody's net, and he's this since then he's got like a combined career twenty goals. I swear to God, I was thinking every. I was thinking the exact same thing right before he scored. Swear to God, dude. Swear yeah, and then he scored. Because how many goals does he actually have in the NHL? Because literally every time he they bring up his name, I just remember that I'm like, lol. He legitimately has less than twenty career goals. He's got 17. I mean, to be fair, he's played for the Red Wings, who have been fucking dog shit since he started playing for them. So, like, yeah, you had to cut him a bit of slack. But, yeah, you, you can't be saying shit like that at the draft and then putting up and then put up 17 goals in like three put years. Up six goals in 49 games last year. Yeah. Yeah. You like, can't. yeah, <laughs> that that doesn't add up. No. No, it does not. Uh, if actually, do you know what? I'm I got a couple more leave specific things I want to talk about. Johnny Tavares last night, what a hockey game he played. He just like, it's like he hit a switch and he was just like, I am going to do legitimately everything in my power to make sure my team does not lose anymore. Yeah, like 
he was and he took a penalty last night, but that was okay because he was just playing with such tenacity. Like, uh, oh, so that was a fucking weak penalty. That slash, that was fucking him? weak. The yeah. one, no, the one that he took. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I know. Fuck. We, I don't want to go into refs. I don't want to go into refs. We've avoided yeah. it for like three episodes this season. I don't want to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But anyway, he he had a goal to assist last night, and he just looked dangerous out there. He was like tenacious on the forecheck, back checking like crazy. Uh, Austin Matthews just looks wrong still. Yeah, he didn't he didn't look right. He didn't look like Austin Matthews last night. You know what I mean? Like him and Connor McDavid, and, and sometimes Nathan McKinnon, they just look different. You know what I mean? When they yeah, like oh, when no, they 100 percent. And like, he just it, hasn't it, looked it, like it, that quite yet. Yeah, because it looks like sometimes it looks like there's, you know, an adult playing against kids. Yeah, like exactly. When, when they're playing there. And he's, he hasn't looked, he's he hasn't looked, yeah, like that, that head above everyone else. Like he just looks like normal Austin Matthews, which I mean is still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great game for the team. It, it really was. Everybody looked good. Like I said, Sandine looks like he should like, Everybody that passed on him in that draft is going, holy shit, well, what man, is this? Like, like, we've been saying it even before we had the podcast, because he was an ex-Greyhound. Like, oh, like, he was really good when he played in the suit. Like, he was a fucking standout player. Yeah. And, like, it was just, like, this waiting game of waiting and waiting for him to, like, make that step. And I think last night was, like, okay, like, he is he's on the right path now. Yeah, and the chemistry that him and Timmy Lilgren have, they played together with the Marlies for a while. Yeah, uh, and that definitely helps. Yeah, but like, to be 100% honest with you, dude, Timmy Lilgren literally is just going, I am not spending any more time in the press box. That's what he looked like last night. He's like, sorry, Holsey, you're done, bud. All right, well, that's, you know, that's kind of what you need. <laughs> Hole has not looked good. He just has not looked good at all. And... uh it's Logan's time. It it's needed. We've needed him to to step up for a couple of years now, and for him to do that is the best. Is the absolute best for our defense because he's still on a rookie deal, so we're paying him like half of what we pay Justin Hole. Yeah. You know, if and but at the time, and and the other thing about Justin Hole too that's driving everybody nuts in Leafland is everybody's thinking we protected. Who? For so that Jared like like, and we gave up Jared McCann, and we protected Hole for that. But at the time, the premium on big defenders, defensive defensemen, was huge, yeah. right? So, I, you know, and I, it's one of those things where if McCann was playing in Toronto, he might not be producing the way he is, and if Justin Hole was out playing in Seattle, he might be having a fucking phenomenal start to his season, right? Like you just yeah, you but never I, know. I, I, I digress that because Jared McCann would probably be playing on a wing right now with Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Yeah, but not everyone who's done that has put up, you know, phenomenal numbers, right? No, you know what I no, mean? but the people that the people that have done that, that's what I'm saying. The people that have done that are not Jared McCann. True. Like you're talking about Ilya Mikheyev right now, who's got hands of stone. So, yeah, no, I, I think that. That kind of sucks looking back on it now, especially because Lilgren's playing well. Yeah. 
yeah, so that's about all I have for the Leafs. I, I, I'm I'm really happy with the way the team played last night. But uh, uh, Can I just throw one quick Leaf thing in here? Because I kind of want to transition to some uh, some transactions that may or may not happen. But before we get there, how do you feel about losing Mike Amadio, the Sioux boy? Uh, it sucks. It sucks. Because we didn't even get anything for him, right? Yeah. So. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk transactions because Eichel is heating up. Like, for Eichel real Eichel is now. heating up. And Eichel the two is... options sound to be like they are Calgary or the most likely is Vegas, from what I understand. I've also heard Anaheim is in the... Uh, I've heard not to count them out. Interesting. Um, but, I mean... All of those options, I think, are very good for him. Vegas, that, if he goes to Vegas, I'm scared. They're good. Because that's the one thing that they've kind of been missing. Um, I noticed, especially, like, last year in the playoffs, like, they didn't have, like, a... Re- like, not that they didn't have a number one center, but they didn't have, like, an elite, elite centerman. Like, they've yeah. got a bunch of, like, very good centermen and very elite wingers. And now if you can put an elite centerman between those elite wingers, like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's scary stuff, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, like, I'm just, I'm happy to see him get out of Buffalo, finally. Oh, thank God. Even though they're a good team, maybe Jack should reconsider. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. No. The way they treated him was unbelievable. So. Yeah. Like, not a fucking chance. Yeah. No. So, should shall we? Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like we got to we got to do this. Okay. So, first, uh, if you're listening to this, let's start with a trigger warning. Yeah. If sexual assault makes you uncomfortable in any way shape or form, uh skip forward or stop listening because this is we're not going to get too graphic, but there might be some things in here that... Uh, yeah, like, we're, we're going to be talking about it. Yeah. So, just, you know, bear with us here. Uh, so, let's start this uh, this topic by, first of all, uh, commending Kyle Beach. Yeah. For coming out and, and speaking his truth. And, holy cow, uh... The strength that he showed was incredible. I think we can all agree on that. And the... um, Even without trying, really, the the rawness and the the sincerity of his words have been inspiring for a lot of people, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, kind of how could they not? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Another guy who deserves all the credit in the world, and we've shouted him out before. We'll shout him out again. Is Rick we, 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 we will continue to shout him out. Because, like... Yeah. This is some of the best investigative journalists, journalism work I've ever seen in any topic, any anything. Like, Unbelievable stuff. Like, I kind of said jokingly, like, give a Nobel Prize in journalism, but, like, I'm kind of also not joking. Like, the the work he has put in to this story the fuck the grind he went on for this like it's just incredible yeah and like to uncover all of this after what like 10 11 years like yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, after those commendations, we'll talk about what actually happened here. So, uh, Jenner and Block was the firm hired by the Blackhawks to investigate uh, the sexual assault situation involving Brad Aldrich. Um, The findings of that report were incredibly thorough. Like, and it was released publicly, the entire report. The entire investigation. And like when I say incredibly thorough, like I mean it. Like Like, um, didn't like someone from the NHL come out and said they weren't expecting it to be that like. Like that in that depth of fucking like reporting, like they were not expecting. Like that huge of an investigation. Yeah, no, that was insane. Like the whole, and and then the firings that came after because of the uh, thoroughness. Technically, technically, nobody was fired. Technically, the people got to step down, which is fucking horseshit. They should have been canned. I don't care for the financial implications of it or the contractual obligations. You cover up sexual assault of one of your employees for fucking eleven years. You get fired straight up. Yeah. Why don't you run through uh, all the people that lost their job because of this? So as of recording, um, Stan Bowman, uh, again, got to step down as general manager uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's add that he also uh, is no longer the code or the general manager of the U.S. Olympic team either. Oh, yeah, that too. And again, got to got to step away from that. Didn't get fired. Uh, Joel Quenville was uh, he stepped down as the coach of the Florida Panthers for his uh, involvement. Uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff got fucking lucky, and is still uh, the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I think at this point that is everybody. Yeah, I or believe I- so. And there's still and, a couple people in the Blackhawks organization that I think are getting not investigated, but. Uh, well, yeah. and the, the crazy thing about it is that. It had nothing to like this was all on those people that you just mentioned in senior management when this yeah. assault was reported to them. If you if you need to go and read up, like I said, the Jenner and Block report is is available, but the the assault was reported to them and they collectively did nothing stan bowman kevin shovel day off i don't care if the nhl cleared him uh al mcisaac john mcdonough and they actually kept it a secret from ownership ownership had no idea about any of this this was all on management and the blo- the, the investigation sorry was able to factually put these men in a meeting where they legit just said we're not dealing with this a stanley cup winning the stanley cup because this meeting took place the night after they won the conference championship in 2010 they said like explicitly john John, like quenville joel quenville stan bowman al mcisaac john mcdonough Kevin Chevaldeoff explicitly made the decision 
to not do anything about it because they were in the midst of a playoff run. Uh, I, I believe the quote, I, I'm going to slightly paraphrase it, but it, it was, uh, we might never get this close again. Yeah. And like, I get that it's, you know, it's their jobs and like it's their, their sport that they do, but like, it's a fucking game at the end of the day. Like when we're going to look like big, big picture, like one of your employees getting sexual, sexually assaulted, big picture. Yeah, it's a fucking game. Like it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Agreed. Like to be like, oh, like we were this is the closest we might get to winning. Like that literally means fuck all. Yeah. A like, guy... a, like there's an actual human being who's been sexually assaulted in your organization. Like that dude's life and his and his family's lives are changed forever. Exactly. And like Kyle Beach said himself in the interview with Rick Westhead that aired on TSN. If something happens, then nobody gets hurt. Remember, there was a high school student in Michigan. Yeah, was assaulted. Yeah, because Brad Brad Aldrich Aldrich. got to fucking continue working, even though he is a sexual predator. Sorry, is a sexual predator. You don't get to was that. It's it's a you are. Yes. And the other people that need to be held accountable for this, too, are the leadership in that room in the Chicago Blackhawks dressing room in 2010. Yeah. They need to be held accountable as well. Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and most of all, Jonathan fucking Taze. Yeah. And like... Even the the comments that they've had where they go, oh, well, you know, it's a great group of guys and, you know, we want to cop. It's like that literally fucking means nothing. They didn't. When, in like, Jonathan Tay's game after they played the Leafs, which is the first time he's talked to the media since the report came out, he did not apologize or even show any sign of remorse towards Kyle Beach. But he did heap and sing the praises of Al McIsaac and Stan Bowman. Yeah, when he said, uh, I have great personal relations with them, I kept, but, like, that doesn't mean anything. Nobody wants to hear about how great a guy they are right now, man. No. Why? No. Even if that's what you believe, don't talk about it. Shut up. Like, like if Abe, if you went and and fucking murdered someone, and I got interviewed because I'm your best friend, I wouldn't be going, oh, Abe was fucking great, loved hanging out with him, great guy. Like, no. Like, the situation fucking has precedent over personal relations and anything like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, I, I don't and like uh... the, the reply to a lot of the Blackhawks tweets in the last few days has been read the room. And it's just like, I wish those players would fucking just read the room. Yeah. But like, we, we don't care that it was a great group of guys and it was a great achievement for you. And like, we don't give a fuck. You, you covered up sexual assault and like, it'd be one thing Lots if they people w- were hurt. It would be one thing if they waited till after the playoffs and then, like, did something about it. But, no, no, you you waited 10 years until it got investigated and the finger got pointed at you. And then you went, oh, yeah, you know, like if if this investigation doesn't happen, Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith say nothing about it for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. They hope that this kid's buried in junior somewhere and that it never comes up. Or buried in Germany, I mean, which is where he plays pro hockey still. But yeah. Kyle Beach was an 11th overall pick in 2008, and he had his career derailed by this. Yeah. That's horrible. 
That's sad as hell. Yeah. And some of the comments that I've I've seen, like even Rick West had said yesterday, a longtime NHL exec, exec texted him and asked him I, or, and said, I don't understand how Kyle, a 6'4", 220-pound hockey player, can be sexually assaulted by a 5'4", 160-pound video coach. And that is so ignorant and uneducated of a comment to make. And like, and, and that's coming from an NHL executive. So that's someone who's like, well, I mean, like you would hope is not a fucking total moron. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like you're you're involved in a fucking multi-billion-dollar fucking organization. I'd hope you'd have more than fucking two brain cells. Uh, nobody. I I will be honest. Nobody ever accused the NHL executive level of of being the sharpest knives in the drawer. Let's be uh, honest. But like, Seth you Jones know. got signed to a nine point five million. Like, <laughs> by the same fucking. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean. Like, how yeah. can, like, how can you have that much, you know, responsibility in your job and like, you know, like totally blow it. And like, we think very highly of these people, right? Like, you know, to be responsible for millions of dollars worth of assets and all that type of shit. To just be that fucking stupid. Like, straight up. Yeah. Like, there, there's... Like, I could sit here and call them every fucking name under the sun, but it's... They're, like... And it's, and it's not like they just, you know, made a bad decision and then, like, whatever. It was like they made a bad decision and then fucking ran with it for ten years. And just didn't give a fuck about the consequences of that decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just... It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I also, I read this morning, though, and this is the types of changes uh, that are going to happen in the, in the type of culture shift that needs to happen. Here, I'm just going to pull up the tweet so I can get it right. Yeah. Katie Strang, who is another uh, reporter who's been on this with Rick Westhead, they have been the two that have really, really been... The, the um, driving forces behind this, yeah. The driving, yeah, exactly. So, um, this is a tweet from her from February 23rd of 2020. Yeah. Uh, for decades, rumors of sexual abuse followed one Chicago area coach, yet he continued to get job after job. Now former players are speaking out. How many in the uh, how many people in power or high power positions chose to save their fucking career by not telling anyone about this guy? And now, two hours ago, she tweets, someone came forward with critical new information on this case. Uh, this week. This the thing that tipped the scales for them was Kyle Beach's interview. Just another example of the tangible impact Kyle Beach has had on others in the hockey community and beyond. Oh yeah, and I'm sure this will not be the last uh, story of someone you know inspired by Kyle's fucking balls of steel. Honestly, honest to God, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I, I, like I'm like I'm trying not to joke in this because it's super serious, but like straight up balls of steel. Yeah, that so, guy. Like, has more courage than like anyone anyone at anyone in the Blackhawks organization did I'll tell you that yep except for it was um who was the coach was it Paul Vincent that was the coach who reported it to senior management sorry I'm I'm we're trying to be serious here but the Canadians just scored did they yeah Mike Hoffman sorry. he's been good eh, for you guys oh yeah that's uh goals in four in a row for him 
There you go. There you go. How's Cole Caulfield doing? I know he's struggling, but again, every, everyone's struggling. So when everyone's struggling, nobody's struggling. <laughs> yeah, I, I see you. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Sorry. the topic here. Um, it, it just my heart goes out to everybody involved, except for Brad Aldrich. You could die in a hole. Yeah, like all all the, all the victims, anyone who's who's suffered because of this, hearts go yeah. to them. If you covered it up. If you haven't had an opportunity to to go watch the Kyle Beach interview with Rick Westhead that aired on TSN, it's an incredible interview. Just make sure you have some tissues on you because you will. Oh, cry. it was fucking like we were just watching a, a little bit of it before uh, we went to a Hounds game on Wednesday there. Fuck. Like. Yeah, I think we can all collectively agree that uh, it was at one point where he said uh, Rick asked him, what would you say to the young man in Michigan who was sexually assaulted? I Brad Aldrich and Kyle Beach broke right down crying, which I don't think anybody could blame him for. No. And he said, I want to say I'm sorry. And I think him saying that him feeling like he needed to apologize for anything was one of the most gut wrenching and like it just sucked to hear him say that. Because he yeah. has absolutely nothing to be sorry no. for. No. Like, nothing like, at all, man. And, like, when he says that, you always be like, like, just shut the fuck up. Like, this is not on you. Like, no. in the slightest. No, not like, at all. Not, not even a fucking nothing. No. Like. No, you are the victim here, man. Yeah. Like, One you, of the victims. And yeah. you are going to help other victims. And the importance and, 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 and of what not you're just doing victim, right and now. And not just victims of your abuser but any other abusers as well like yeah. it's you know it's incredible what he's doing yeah and i don't know i i hope the blackhawks go oh 80 and two i think they're currently like oh six or oh seven and two give me a second i'll pull it up for you they are oh that's east Oh seven and two, and, oh, the, coyote, seven and two. the coyotes are oh eight and one. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Bottom dwellers. But anyway, I hope Chicago goes oh eighty and two. I, yep. If they don't get a win this year, it'd but, be uh, too no, many no. wins. They need to go oh eighty and two and still not get first overall pick next year. Yeah, exactly. But they don't deserve that at all. No. In the slightest. and Jonathan Taze can get a career-ending injury, and I wouldn't care. Yeah, and the other shit about him being 22 at the time as well, he had a C on his chest. I don't care how old you are. It is your job to be the leader, the leader, and, and to protect your players in that locker room. And I do understand, like, at 22, being put in that position, like, not ideal, you no. know. But, like, to, to just, like, to just, like, put it in the rearview mirror and he's like, okay, we're done. And like 10 years later, having it come up, like, like if he came out, like even a couple years later and said, Hey, look, you know, I, I was young when this happened. I didn't handle this right. I'm going to like make, I'm going to, I'm going to correct that. You'd be like, okay, like I kind of get that. Yeah. But he, and he admitted he, that he, he knew. Yeah, and he, he was just, he was very happy to just put it in the rearview mirror and be done with it. And that's fucking. It's the worst kind of person. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. 
And the yeah. toxic culture in that dressing room at the time, there's so many examples of, of the toxicity in that dressing room. Like, I, I read somewhere, I think it was a couple days ago, maybe yesterday, um, just talking about a Dave Boland interview right after they won that Stanley Cup. And, like, it was a Dave, it was like a radio interview. And, like, the insensitive language that even he used in a public sphere. I cannot even imagine what they said when nobody was looking. Do, do you want to get into this chat, Dave? Because I want to bring up Taylor Hall's comments about hockey culture. Yeah, And how it ahead. needs to change. Because, like, so first of all, I, the, the last person I expected that comment to come from was Taylor Hall. Just the kind of the reputation he has as being kind of a locker room cancer. Yeah, it's and a I mean, shitty thing that people just get that reputation and carry it forever. But anyway. Yeah. But anyways, so when he came out uh, sometime, I want to say maybe Thursday or Friday night, um, basically saying that, you know, hockey is a very, uh, like an old boys, like, culture, very, you know, keep things hush-hush and just, you know. Like, look, I'm not going to, for one second, say that, you know, a house league dressing room is anything like an NHL dressing room. I'm not going to make that comparison at all. But, like, just playing in, you know, just house league dressing rooms. Like, the culture is not good. <laughs> Straight <No>. up. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm not going to name names here. I would never fucking do that. But, like, you know, knowing kids who played, you know, very high levels compared to me. Like, and kind of knowing how they were in locker rooms. And, like, you can only imagine how bad those locker rooms were. I, could, I couldn't imagine how bad awful the culture of an nhl locker room is oh it's toxic as hell like there's a reason why when they do those fucking hbo shows and amazon prime like there's not a lot of footage from the locker rooms or at least not when it's just the players in there when the coach is in there talking it's fine but like there's not a lot of footage when it's just players in there because i just it's it's awful it's horrific straight up like that's and that's being nice yeah and i mean like i mean we were we were part of that you know that's that's just that's hockey culture and taylor hall is right that yeah it definitely needs to fucking change 100 percent, i agree with you and uh the only way that that can happen is is if the players and first of all the players need to want it to happen yeah and the other thing is there needs to be checks and balances and systems put in place so that things like this, when they happen, like sexual assault or well, anything. You, 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 you don't even want it to get that far. Like, I'm just going to say, like, there was definitely times where I was fucking playing hockey in a locker room and like guys were saying shit. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's you just can't fucking say that. And, yeah, but there's there's no there's no system to, to you know. What about, uh, you know, you're going to go say to a coach, oh, like, buddy made a comment? Like, you're, like, it's just not, it's not a a place where that type of system has worked, but there needs to be some sort of system in there. You know what I mean? There has where to if, be. Where if a player, you know, feels uncomfortable, someone's saying shit in a locker room and they don't feel comfortable, like, you know, there has to be some sort of fucking balance. You can't just let it, you can't, we, we've proven that you cannot leave it to, the the team you know like the the players in the room because they're clearly not going to do anything about it yeah um we've shown it doesn't even management can know and it fucking doesn't mean shit like 
there needs to be like full on like rip the system apart and rebuild it type of yeah yeah from a pa perspective there needs to be something and that's a good segue into into don fear oh because he's because he's fucked tomorrow (laughs) yeah so donald fear the director of the nhlpa um a quote from a grizzled nhl veteran was the boys are pissed yeah like did you see that one oh yeah oh he's fucked yeah and so so uh from what i understood so it's one player rep from every team but any player who wants to join in on that call can join in yes um and apparently they're fucking pissed yeah if I'm not mistaken, Robin Leonard is going to be on that phone call as the representative oh. from the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't their rep, like if it was just if it was somebody else, like I'm sure he's he'd be on that phone call anyways. Yeah, he is going to tear a strip off of Dan, Donald Fear. And like absolutely, what you know is said in that meeting has to stay behind closed doors. But fuck me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there. Yeah, I'd love to just pick up the phone, <laughs> dial in, and not say a word. <laughs> Yeah, just put it on mute and just listen. Because yeah, that's going to be fireworks, I'm sure. Because I it, Man, did you they hear, let did, him down as a player in I know he wasn't playing for the team, but he was on an NHL matter. roster. Like like yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're on a roster, you should be protected by the PA. That's just how that works. Especially if they reach especially if Kyle reaches out to you as the PA. And talks with a medical, like with a, some sort of doctor, I believe it yeah. was. Yep. And you bury it too? Like, you've got to be kidding me. How does that happen? How did I mean, so many levels of the NHL and the NHLPA fail? Like, that's amazing that not one person went, this is wrong. Like, it's... <laughs> Like, it really, it, it, it is amazing, but at the same time, you look at it, and you're like, of course nobody fucking said shit. Like, lo- look at the shit storm going on right now, Wave. Look at it. As, as a whole, you know, if we're going to, you know, take a big look at it. If the NHL could bury this and it never come up, that's 100% what they're going to do every single time. Yeah. Because is this affecting... And I, I I know it's horrible to fucking think this way, but is this affecting the NHL's bottom line? Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks are going to sh- suffer financially from this? Fucking right they are. And that's all that matters to them. And all they got was a $2 million fine. Fucking Phoenix got punished more for t- uh, working out fucking prospects. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. The Devils got fined more for... Caps are convention with Kovalchuk. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous just absurd and and like and that just shows you know what the nhl prioritizes you want to circumvent the cap oh that's a that's a fucking huge issue well you know that's a big fucking punishment you want to work out some kids you haven't drafted that's fucking huge you want to cover up sexual assault of one of your employees ah you know it happens it's fucking stupid insane man yeah insane well is there anything else that we've missed on that story i think um as far as this story um i mean at 4:28 on sunday october 31st i think we are 
as up to date as we can be. We can do a quick double check on uh, on Twitter just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure that is as up to date as we can get. Okay. Well, I think that's how we plan to close the show. But I did, do you have anything else that you would like to add this week um, that we may have missed? So two things. Cedric Paquette has absolutely fucking destroyed Trevor Zegers from behind and is definitely going to get tossed for it. Okay. <laughs> um, watching the replays, yeah, it's not a great hit. That's definitely a couple games. And I don't think Cedric Paquette is that kind of player, but... It's just one yeah. of those ones. Where, it's one of those ones where you just can't do that. <laughs> gotcha. Um. Also, uh, I want to talk a bit of Greyhounds. Oh wait, we're, we're getting another replay here. Yeah, right on. Eh. Maybe maybe a game or two. It's, it's not. It's not I like horrific. Horrific. Probably. That makes yeah. me so happy. I picked them in uh, my Tim Hortons picks. Good. Anyway, I want to go see this hit now. I'm going to take a look. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you if you search Zegers on Twitter, you'll probably find it. Um, yeah, like it's it's definitely a bad hit. He, it's not a fucking like not a predatory like Cedric Paquette tried to fucking end his life hit, but definitely, definitely no bueno. Oh no, man! All I know is Bunting's fucking Calder odds are getting better by the day. Yeah, he got. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's getting five in a game for it. They're reviewing it because it drew blood. Um. So yeah, he's he's looking at five in a game. Rip. Um. Oh. Yeah, like like it's it's um it's not a good hit. It's not the worst hit you'll ever see, but it's not a good hit. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, he's bleeding pretty hard there, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that that's probably a couple games. <laughs> oh, that's no good. Yeah, no, you hate not, to see it. Yeah, not gonna pretend that that's a, a nice hit at all. That that's ugly. That's a bad hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do I do want to talk just a little bit of greyhounds, Abe. Just a little bit. Because okay. the greyhounds lost last night to Guelph, but overall. We're looking kind of nasty. After yeah, 11 we games, don't look bad. After 11 games, like, we're 7-4. and four. Uh, We got fucking three of the top five point scorers in the league. Uh, yeah, we might be in for a fun year, Abe. We're, we might the have hounds, to go to a couple more games. The Hounds might be nasty. The Hounds may be nasty. We're still waiting on the as per Darren, but, like, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, confirmed. So far, we got the word from Frank Saravanali. <laughs> Frank's sp- pepperoni. Uh, Sarah a pepperoni. <laughs> Sarah spaghetti. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but not uh, confirmed as per Darren. You're right. Not as per Darren, but uh, looks like it, it might it might end up as per Darren if if the season kind of keeps up the way it's going. Like we're looking fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, and then I do want to just touch on uh, our boy Arbor Jackai. <laughs> yeah, we watched him play. Jackai. 
Yeah, so the guy uh, was honestly playing. He looked huge. Was that was I the only one who thought he looked like an absolute unit out there? Let, let, let's go to like pre Habs preseason here. Buddy's playing for us. His name's Arbert Jackeye. Pronounce pronounced Jackeye, spelled X H E K A J. I don't know where he's he's Albanian and Czech. That's his like lineage from his parents. So like, kind of makes sense. Anyways. I remember we watched him play a couple games. He had a very rough start the very first game and kind of just got a little better as the preseason went. But I knew he was like a young guy. So I was like, yeah, you know, he'll be like maybe an AHL, ECHL guy for a year or two before he like makes that transition. So Wednesday night, me and Ava are sitting behind the Hounds bench because that's best seats in the house. And I'm watching this number eight for Kitchener. And like you said, like he looked fucking massive. Like he is a tick boy. And yeah. I remember I remember noting that like very early in the game. I'm like, oh, okay, like and he fucking lit up I forget which hound right in front of us on the blue line. Yeah. Like Absolutely. fucking right on the fucking, right at the offside circle, just bang. <laughs> and like beautiful clean hit. Like just fucking dummy dumb. I remember thinking, like, okay, fuck. Like this this kid's not fucking around. And then he yeah. turns around at one point, I think it was in the second period, right? He like yeah. I turned around, I look at his last name, and it's X-H-E-K-A-J, and I'm like, there's no way, like, he's got to be related to Buddy who played for the preseason with the Habs, because, like, there's no way there's two guys who play hockey with that specific last name that aren't related. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. So we're watching the game and thinking nothing of it. He takes a penalty, and they announce it over the fucking PA. Number eight, Kitchener, uh, Arbor Jacki, two minutes for whatever. And I looked at Abe and I'm like, Abe, that's the kid that played for the fucking abs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sure so I mean, is. it makes sense that he, you know, maybe didn't have the best preseason because he's a fucking child still. He's like, yeah. what, 18, 19 tops? Yeah. Uh, played against fucking like Mitch Marner and whoever the fuck else the Leafs played in that first preseason game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was fucking, he was nasty for the OHL. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be a fucking NHL player in a couple years, like. But he looked good. Cool to see, though, because we watched him. Absolutely. We fucking, fucking roast him, and the Habs are down 2-1. Love that. Um, but, yeah, big Arbor Jack guy. I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for him uh, a lot more now. Yeah, no kidding. It's about, like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, we do have to go to a couple more Hounds games, for yeah. sure. The Wednesday night games are fun, too. Yeah, that was that was a good time. It was. And like and if they're going to keep winning and and like they didn't just win, like they played really well. Yeah, they look great. Like they do. And they went I I went the week before too. My girlfriend and I went to go watch them play. Yeah. And I accidentally sat behind the Sudbury bench for that game. But <laughs> it actually turned out to be awesome because I had a very like I was sitting immediately behind Sudbury's head coach, so I had the opportunity <laughs> to give it to him for a couple things it was awesome like yep. at the end, we scored a goal that uh in overtime we won that game in overtime against Sudbury and uh it was kind of an iffy goal like <laughs> like it you know it wasn't it probably actually wasn't a goal but they called it a goal on the ice and I just screamed as loud as I because he was pissed when they said when they came off the headsets and said yeah that's a good goal he was pissed livid and I screamed in his ear, clear and definitive. 
as loud as I could. And I could tell that he, it, like, that just triggered him even more. And it was the best thing ever. Ava, are we buying season seats behind the opponent's bench? We might be. Because, like, no, we, we would get tossed. We, we would get tossed for sure. <laughs> Like we, it's not that we would say bad things, but we would definitely, we would definitely not be welcome behind the opponent's bench for an entire season. No, just time out for a second here. I got got to tell you this one. This one was hilarious. I know it's not yeah. hockey related. I'm just watching NFL Red Zone over here, football, and uh, a team just made a field goal to win in overtime. And uh, as he made the field goal, the mascot was up against <laughs> up against the field goal post like this, and just. Smashing his head off the fence as his team lost. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it was great. Anyway. Uh so yeah, go hounds, go leaves. Yep. Have to in a rough spot. Oh, I'm sure they won't come out of it either. Oh well, Ava, we're going two and eighty. We're going two, two and eighty. We're going two and eighty, taking Shane Wright first overall, and then probably going two and eighty again next year. We can talk more about it next week, but uh, Shane Wright uh, kind of tapering off. Not I, looking so hot. I, I, la- the last time I checked, he was like the number one guy. That's, that's oh, how he I- is, but he is not. Uh, he has not had a good year. The pressure is getting to him because he's been the consensus first overall pick this year since he was like 14. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I see mean, what happens. If, if he wants to, you know, play for someone, high expectations, slow starts, Montreal's the perfect spot for him. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Anyway, you got anything I else? That, uh, no, I hope that everybody is listening to this while handing out good chocolate bars to the kiddos. Uh, uh, Full-size for... chocolate bars or you're a fucking pussy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm going to sit and suffer through the rest of this Habs game, and yeah. Happy Halloween. I'm going to go watch my Seahawks play and continue to be a lazy prick like I have been all day so far. So, all right. We'll talk to you next week. That's what's on the docket. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, have a great week.